anytime I didn't dress, anytime I didn't dress for a game, I was heading to Montreal. Seriously? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were like a fringe dresser who would, and then would drive to Montreal and play semi-pro on yeah. the weeks you didn't play. Oh yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I dressed for half the season. I got a jersey. I- Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. It is August 3rd, 2021. We are live. Some of us are back from vacation. Some of us are not. Uh, As you guys noticed, to my right... Yes. Is not Pep, is not the Lebanese prince that we've come to know and love. <laughs> uh, Pep is actually out uh, following his uh, his softball dreams of being the Bartolo Colon of the local Ottawa softball leagues. Uh, I think he's uh, he's gone from the mixed RA fun to uh, a league where they actually do have uh, balls and strikes. Oh, they keep stats. <laughs> Yeah, uh, had I said that when Pep was here, I know he probably would have laughed and got me off course. Anyway, uh, Pierre, we wish you the best in your softball endeavors. Uh, He's missing tonight. I think he's got one more Tuesday that he misses for scheduling conflicts. But we are very lucky to have... Nope, that's not yours. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Sig Charles joins us in studio. That's the biggest thing. Sig, how you doing, bud? Good, man. Good, good. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for coming over. It's uh, I've been meaning to have this kind of done live for a long time. Um, as you can tell, the uh, studio is a little cramped, if you want to say the least. So if this is working, then I'm going to be looking for a better setup. We'll move it to the basement or something like that. But I just I just wish you would have a, a booster seat for me next time because sitting beside you, it just it's not. Well, I I took myself a little bit further back, so we try and keep that ratio. I didn't um, know you could cross your legs sitting down on the floor. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty impressive. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's that's a crisscross applesauce. It was called something else, but uh, <laughs> um, anyway, let's do it. All right. Uh, so today's show, we got a couple things. Uh, one, I want to shout out uh, a couple of special, uh, well, special birthdays. Yesterday was. A big day for my family. My daughter, Savina, turned 12 yesterday. And my uh, father, who shares a birthday with her, turned the big 7-0. So happy birthday to Savina and uh, Big Bad Rob um, holding it down. We uh, we got him uh, tickets to go see Leonard Skinner in uh, Canandaigua, New York. But given the most recent covid uh, numbers and stuff in the states I, I think we are foregoing that and i don't even think we can cross the border yet uh, driving so i'm not sure I yeah i think it's like not till august 21st maybe at this point okay anyway it's enough where you know we gave him a couple printouts for his birthday that say tickets and we're not going so uh, we'll figure it out maybe some blue jay games or something like that uh, i also wanted to Pierre has asked me to read a written statement on behalf of himself um, on this episode. So if you bear with me, this is Pierre's words. 
I returned back to work today after six months off due to the pandemic, which is awesome. We're really happy that you're back at work. Uh, you learn who your true friends are when times are tough. While I'm away, I wanted to take the opportunity via Brock, that's this guy, <laughs> to thank the few who stood by me and especially the Fleming family for their support. Special shout out to Drusilla Fleming, that's my mother, who consistently checked in on me and caring about my well-being. Uh, so I just, I read it. Uh, that's obviously very heartfelt. Uh, I'm sure Pierre is going to reiterate it when he's on next time as well. But, um, you know, I mean, that was a very nice shout out. Obviously, perhaps like a brother to us or a son to my mother, if you will. One that probably is more polite and better well-rounded than the ones that she has. But um, she does uh, look out for him and, and care about his well-being. So um, I, I'm sure she's listening and she's uh, she's touched us as much as we are too. But uh, we're proud of uh, you for getting back to work. Hopefully everybody is getting their vaccinations and we can kind of roll through this. All right. Uh, the last thing, uh, because you're here okay. and you're a Bulls fan <laughs> and a Michael Jordan fan. Yep. Uh, so I've obviously taken a lot of heat. You know, course, because my uh, my stance on a few things uh, related to Michael Jordan, I do want to publicly apologize and admit something. Oh, okay. Uh, two things I've realized that Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James, and that is uh, his shoe line. Oh, for sure. Okay. Okay. And most recently, uh, Space Jam. The first Space Jam was way better than the second so you, Space you did, Jam. You did watch the second one. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, lo- I loved the first one. Um, that, was the, that was the, the best thing about Michael Jordan for me was the Space Jam movie. It had Charles <laughs> Barkley in it, too, you know? So that, uh, that didn't hurt the when be- they're all the getting best their... Thing, the best thing with Michael Jordan is the Space yeah. Jam movie. Yeah, oh, that's, that's 100%. <laughs> I believe you. That's the sad thing. I <laughs> asked you the question, but I knew that you meant it. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that was the okay. best thing. So, yeah. hey... Shout out to Michael Jordan and the Space Jam movie, the original. Uh, it was much better than the second. Uh, but the, the second, second one wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I honestly expected way worse. To be, to be honest, I expected just a de- complete debacle. But it was. I thought it was kind of what Hollywood does with movies. It was entertaining, flashy, entertaining, um, shock value. Don't want to ruin it. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it was entertaining. You know, they definitely uh, modernized it mm-hmm. and found a different way of doing it. Yeah. You know, it's not the same no, as Michael no. Jordan reaching in for the ball on a golf green and getting yanked into the hole. Um, and Bill Murray and his reaction, all that kind of stuff. Like that, Those are ones that were not, um, they were not able to sort of duplicate in the new one. For sure. Uh, and at one point I thought that it was going to be all cartoon for LeBron. And I thought, oh, you really got off easy. If you were just going to be in a video game now and <laughs> yes. it's just your voiceover, I'm like, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> He was in it. They did do a pretty good job, again, graphically and stuff like that. But, again, the original was way better. Yeah. Yeah. So, kudos. There. You can have that. (laughs) Michael Jordan. I'll give you Space Jam. Okay. So, we have a special guest. So, we're going to go over real quick today. It's a new format. Not a new format, but I want to make sure that we address at the beginning of the show what we're going to be talking about so that you know whether or not to stick around or not. (laughs) Um, So, today we got... Uh, a special guest, uh, Dave Timmons. None of you guys know who he is. I'm sure you don't, especially if you're a football fan. Uh, but <laughs> Dave, uh, <laughs> Dave Timmons, an old team. He's going to be on. We're going to talk about the college football and a little bit of the, the changing of the landscape. Uh, and then after that, we're going to go through some headlines that includes some of the Olympic coverage, yes. uh, some of the big NBA moves. Yes. I'm not going to go into Huge. too much with the NBA because it feels like I'm cheating on Pep. 
So we're going to wait for him to come back. <laughs> and then uh, your house. we're going to get into uh, just talking about the upcoming NFL season. Sig's a big Bears fan. NFC North, Rodgers coming back, those kind of things, what to look for. Uh, and then we're going to uh, wrap it up. So that's our show today. And without further ado, we are going to bring in David Timmons. For those who don't know, which if you watch college football at all, you wouldn't hear it because that's when they score. But that was the Notre Dame Fighting Irish fight song. Welcome, Dave, who's a big Notre Dame fan. How are you doing today? Good, you. Thanks for having me. Good, good, good. Okay, we're, and we know you're tight for time. We're going to talk the college football. We're going to get that out of the way. I needed somebody who was right into it. Uh, again, as a Notre Dame fan, I know you're not as into it as some of the other people, but... <laughs> oh, man. I, I will take shots. The whole 10 minutes are just going to be me taking shots <laughs> in Notre Dame. <clears throat> All things considered. Anyway, okay, so now you know and have seen the, highlight, the, the headlines of the big moves in the NCAA where Oklahoma and Texas have now signed on to join the SEC, the premier division in football. They're joining them in 2025. What does this do First of all, what's your what's your thoughts on this? You're a Notre Dame independent. Notre Dame is back to being independent. They're too good for any conference and whatever. What is what's your take on this? First of all, it's not back to being independent. We always were. Anyways, you weren't COVID last year. Special exemption. Right. You begged to be in a conference and you went to the ACC instead of the SEC, but that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, Anyways, take went undefeated, but it's all right. Hashtag so. Google Maps, please give me the easiest route to the playoffs. Okay, cool. Cool. Go ahead. So, what do I think about this? I mean, um, it's hard to say. Like, the, the future is definitely up in the air for the NCAA. It's, it kind of seems like a combination with this and can you hear me out everything? Can. Yeah. Fun? Sorry. The thing, I can't pull my video down cause I'm with signal. Yeah. So it's there. I just got a thing on my stream yard and I'm trying to read it cause I put this, the okay. computer too I'll far. I'll just ignore me. your faces. It, then I'll just talk. Which is what uh, you should be doing anyway. Let's yeah, be serious. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, what was I saying? Um, so yeah, the future is pretty up in the air. I think a combination of this huge conference realignment, which is, starting and there's going to obviously be way more plus the NIL I think it's pretty pretty much the beginning of the end of the NCAA in general which I mean I'm not going to shed a tear for them with uh, with a possible exception of FIFA they're probably one of the most corrupt organizations in the world mm -hmm. at least in sport Agreed. for sure mm -hmm. but where it's going to go I mean this is just the first domino to fall for sure right as we talked about uh, briefly before we went on air Florida State and Clemson now inquiring about joining the SEC also, which would just be pure – that like that's pure insanity. I don't know if that were to happen and they go to 18 teams, like where do you – where does it even go from there? Like there's exactly. nobody else left to mm -hmm. play in Ohio the State. Conference. Yeah, Ohio State would be the only one maybe from the Big Ten. You, I think you you'd have them? Ohio State. You'd have Notre Dame. You'd have yeah. – the pack, the pack twelve is like, there's nobody like USC's been down for a while now. And who would it be? Oregon maybe. Oregon maybe, but not really. Uh, no, I would not jump on the Oregon bandwagon whatsoever. They do run a, you know, they try and and uh, and build their teams around speed, and they they would be the most 
complementary, I guess, to some of the offenses and, and the way the SEC seems to run things. That's why I thought maybe Oregon, but by no means am I giving the Ducks any credit in that sort of, I think they would get destroyed. So what I actually saw in at 7.03, as you guys were introducing, I decided I better do a little bit more research, is that <laughs> cool. Florida Appreciate State the and did reach out, but there was the rumors that they, they don't even feel like Florida State and Clemson bring enough to the table to, I guess, increase the pie size, right, of the SEC. Because you got to think right now, it gets to a certain point where – bringing on more people, more schools just doesn't, it doesn't add more money if you're not above the average, I guess, in the league or the median, right? right. So, and it, they basically said that Notre Dame would be the only one the SEC would take after that. Uh, so whether, how true is that? I don't know. I would love a fact checker because I feel like somebody be calling your bluff right now because <laughs> there's no way anybody said that. No, that's I true. Mean, though. I, I will. Uh, we'll we'll stream okay. through the Twitter stream later. But. <laughs> I, honestly, as much as I like chirp, Notre Dame has a big following. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, there's also a lot of anti-vaxxers in the state. So whatever, everybody has their own thing. And, and, and <laughs> again, yeah. constant chirps. But Notre Dame brings a good base. They bring a network. That's what Texas brought, right? Mm. So I'm assuming this Longhorn network that's been put in place for the last ten years or whatever it happens to be, which was a huge money maker. Will also will be now covering SSC games. I imagine so. Yeah. So that's a huge draw. Oklahoma, we know Oklahoma already, and and what they bring. Notre Dame would be a good fit money wise. I think Ohio State is the next. Ohio State, yeah. The next logical one. They're the the face and flagship of the Big Ten conference, mm -hmm. and you know they're they're also the best suited to compete in the SEC and to bring that uh, that extra. Um, credibility that like you said they have to start to really weigh the, the the pros and cons to any team that's joining them are they bringing enough to the table right so let's say ohio state does go i think you know the clemson on the field is is there i just don't know if right now, the yeah. yeah exactly they're a hot team right now they're not a historically dominant team which means their fan base is not as deep as the other ones, which also means their fan base is younger, which also means that there's not as much money behind them that an Ohio State or Notre Dame um, bring to the table. Let's say, though, Ohio State moves over, Notre Dame decides to play with the big boys finally, and then where does that leave like college football in general? Not the NCAA, but college football in general to say, what are we looking at to find a national champion? Can we do that with the way these conferences would be laid out? Or are we looking at who's the best out of the SEC? And then that's like 1A and everybody else is a 1B kind of thing. What do you think? Or where do you think this should go from here? I think if that were to happen, which I don't think that this will happen, at least not in the next, you know, in 2025, but it could in the next round, you know, 10 years after, right? But I think then you're left with like an English Premier League style where there's going to be 20 teams and they're going to be the elite and they're going to play for the national championship. And then maybe they come up with some sort of relegation system, but it would be a completely, completely different structure than what we have now, what we've ever had in college football. Like there, if, if Notre Dame and an, or two more huge teams say after, uh, yeah, even without Florida State and Clemson, if they go two more huge teams, I can't see them having any sort of SEC versus uh, the rest of the country playoff system. Like it, 
Yeah, like how does that play out? The, the yeah. playoff that completely takes it out of the uh, the equation at that point. How do you decide? I don't see it. I don't see how it's possible. I think you'd have to have some sort of league, and they're the, mm. the first tier, and then everybody else is. I don't know. Either you try to get into that tier via promotion and relegation, or you just don't. And like it's just them. I know I have friends. I have a friend Ryan Lorette, who I think you might you guys might know, but he's you know, called this basically the death of college football already with the NIL and, uh, and now this, that it's just becoming a, a minor league system for the NFL, which I don't agree with yet. But, I mean, it is starting to move in that direction potentially. And what's your, th- like, I've always said from a football standpoint and when you're trying to go pro, baseball, hockey, even the NBA, they have minor league systems, D leagues. They have the the semi pro, not semi pro, I guess, but actual minor league systems. Football is the one that didn't have anything. You either make it into that upper echelon of that group amount of players that are the league can can sustain, or you don't. There's no yeah. there's no chance for you to develop or to say, you know what, we're gonna put a little bit more time in, or we can develop this person uh, to play. College football has kind of de facto been that, but then there's also your grades and everything that come into play. At what point does, uh, does academics start to lose its importance from a college football, uh, aspect? You know what I mean? Like again, with the NIL now it's, it's money. It's what revenues are you bringing in? Now they're starting to, um, you know, again, they're, they're losing the identity of the amateurism, uh, athletes. So if they're making a ton of cash and they're whatever, and you say, well, they're not, they're not quite up to, they're not getting the 2.0 grade point average. Maybe they're just squeaking by, or maybe they're, they're not. But at what point do they stop even caring about that aspect of it? Well, I mean, pr- probably in a lot of sense, this has been happening for a long time, right? Like the academics yeah. in some mm-hmm. schools probably aren't very good. And, you know, schools like North Carolina just making up classes and getting guys in. And, you know, some schools do care about academics. I'm not going to name any names, but I think we all know who I'm talking about. But um, can I play the fight song again? Yeah, you can. That's I'm with Stanford. No. Um, but like uh, the, NL, the NIL stuff is that's, I mean, I agree with players getting paid for sure, as I'm sure you guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, something that actually always stuck with me was Brock telling me a story about like not having money for food on the way home or whatever, but ate like a king at, uh, you know, in your res at Cornell. Yeah. So I always think about your mouth. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't agree with how they're doing it. It's going to, that's going to cause huge problems. Didn't a kid from Alabama get signed a seven figure deal? I I read the other day. Yeah. Like Bryce something. uh, Is it young? I think Bryce young. Who's the quarterback of Alabama. Saban was saying he's yeah. Seven figures or just like, it's insane. And he hasn't played it down. I know that's not right. I don't think that's right. He's players deserve some money, but like, that's Mm. not right. Like, that's not what college football is about, right? And I think that's a bigger problem than, con- uh, than the conference realignment. But, you know, conference realignment could go somewhere where it really, like, it's, it's a slippery slope. Like, uh, college football is, like, on a real – this is a real important time and where they – where it all goes. And it's hard to have faith in the people who are making these decisions because they're just going to chase the money, right? Yep. So, Is there a better way for the league to do this NIL stuff? to kind of keep it fair and keep it, um, I don't know, within the 
how do I put it? Like just to keep the integrity of what college football is and the tradition of what college football is, yet the understanding that the NCAA is making billions of dollars on the back of these athletes and they should be compensated accordingly. So my, I always was of the mindset of like, okay, there should be, you know, a, an allowance to the players that is above what they normally get from the scholarship standpoint. They got, they need money to live and they should be yep. able to, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's, you know, a thousand bucks a month, you know what I mean? That goes a long way for a student athlete. And you say, okay, you can get your frivolities and go out and, and you know what I mean? Like enjoy life as you should without having to get a second job, you know, without having to work in like the clubs yeah. and so to try and get money in the off season or whatever, focus on what you're doing, but you have a bit more of a stipend that's there. For those who are, you know, uh, actually, I was in the mindset that everybody should be kind of getting it. If you're a starter, maybe you earn a bit more money. So there's like a a scale there. You know, if you're a bench player, you're not going to get the same amount of money as your superstars. But it kind of all goes into a essentially like a, a rolling bank account where you would see what you've earned so far to date. And then when you graduate or you turn pro, you can get that money. Actually, my was a mindset of uh, if you turn pro, you're making millions and millions of dollars anyway. You've got that. Uh, If you sign a big contract, say you're a first rounder, you know, and you're guaranteed so much money, that's there. Even at this point, I'd say, well, you still should get the money from that you earned in college regardless. But having in a bank account where it's like you still have to graduate, so you still put the emphasis on education and bettering our youth and saying, you know what, you're using football to better yourself and to be better educated. You get your degree, you get this pot of money that has been put aside for you based on all the efforts and and work you've put in on the team, all the money you've brought in and helped bring in with the team. Again, a scale of some sort, given the status of each player. Uh, But each player gets more money to live while they're a student athlete. It's kind of what I was, you know, that's more what I would be, um, pro for i think right now you get a guy like like this what it was bryce young you said i think it's bryce young or something bryce i don't know i should know this i'm in here talking about college football but yeah you me both but i i refuse (laughs) it's just like ask me about notre dame i refuse to learn anything about notre dame (laughs) alabama is the same thing anyway um no but if he's making millions of dollars doing this stuff and he hasn't played it down yet what's his focus you know what I mean? Exactly. Are you focused now on your YouTube content, your exactly. TikTok dances, yep. or are you about football? And I think yeah. now there's got to be some of that with the recruiting aspect. Like Nick Saban, old Nick Saban, who just signed an eight-year, $84 million contract, I think. Something ridiculous. He's there for the long haul. That's what good institutions do. That's what Florida yeah. hasn't done. Hopefully they do with Dan Mullen, but otherwise that's how you keep the ball rolling. Yeah. Making millions, he's worth every single penny. But in a recruiting environment he's got to now look at we already talked about them scrutinizing social media and what the kids do on social media one now it's how are you monetizing it what kind of stuff is there where is your focus what are you trying to do by being on our team is it you want to be in alabama so that you can have some extra viewers is that going to help is it you know what i mean like this is something you really got to take into consideration from a coaching and a recruiting aspect that's got to change the game alone yeah. Well, you know the old saying, right, that uh, school comes first. Right. School is first and football is second. Always remember that, football is second. 
For those in the audio only, Dave's saying school first while he's holding up two fingers, football second while he holds up one finger. Yeah. That's the old is, adage of what coaches would tell you. They'd verbalize what they're supposed to say, but the yeah. indic- indicative of the fingers is uh, what their real expectations but are. School might not even be or school yeah, school might not even be second anymore like you know, if you're making a million dollars and you're going to be making money off YouTube and all that stuff, like what a lot of these guys, what are they even doing? There's going to be no more great stories about, you know, the neurobiologist slash football player or, you know, uh, what's his name? Tardif, who's a doctor, you know, and uh, quits his NFL contract to go home. Like these, you know, if he's a star tackle, uh, he was good. Although I guess he played at McGill. So it's yeah, really not a great, um, he's not getting example. any money there. <laughs> or like star tackles in college are going to be, you know, the top guys are going to be getting money somehow. And yeah, it's just, I don't, I don't know where it all goes to be honest. Like, and where do you, where do you draw the line from, you know, making money with your own, uh, what's the, the term they did your likeness and, uh, yeah, likeness. Yeah to like a booster saying, well, I'm giving you a, an envelope full of cash because you look like you're you. Well, yeah, they just mm-hmm. legalized like the old bag man, right? Where they would just yeah. like guys would bring a bag of money to a kid and be like, come play here. I think and, uh, like it's basically legal now. I think this is a way of the NCAA to say like, hey, this is not on us. This is this is yeah. what you guys wanted. This is what yeah. you wanted. Here you go. Because I feel that they they made the decision pretty quick to pay these guys. They're like, oh, no. We have to pay them. Okay, cool. Well, we'll lift the uh, you know lift the regulation or change the regulations, and now it's like okay, it's on you guys. You get what you want now, right? Because none of that if money looks bad. That's not on us. You guys yeah. wanted to do it. Here you go. Make your millions and, and and do whatever gamble whatever it is you know, and and uh, it's not on us. So you don't blame us. None of that money that the players are getting come from the league. Mm-hmm. No. Right? So it's no, no money. No, yeah. It's like saying, I got a million dollars. Oh, you want me to pay those guys? Well, tell you what, you can go out and earn your own stuff. Yeah. I'm going to keep my million dollars, You, but you guys can go out there. I'm not going to punish you for making money. So you want to yeah. go uh, trade a signed T-shirt for tattoos? You want to go to the, 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 the mall and get uh, $1,500 worth of gear for six bucks or whatever it did back in the day at, at Florida State there? Yeah. You know, so be it. But that's also, you know what I mean? At the same time, I'm like, that's how it should be. You know what I mean? If they're a celebrity at, um, you know, a certain school and you say, you know what, I'm getting all these perks because they know who I am, what I do on the field and say, okay, I got all this, this, these clothes for discounted price because of who I am. I, I, you know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a pretty thick gray area when you start Mm -hmm. to look at it and say, well, where does the line start and end yeah yeah there's got to be some sort of uh socialism to this it can't be a free-for-all yeah they didn't think about you know? it. they just <laughs> well it's also yeah. not even it's not even uh, league-wide is it not based on every state as well so again certain states are of agreements with like california i think florida yeah. those kind of places so if the school's in that state that's a huge recruiting advantage if if not if you're at uh i don't know uh Delaware and then the school there doesn't allow it because the state doesn't allow it. Delaware's a state. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I was looking for a state that doesn't have a big, uh, I'm almost positive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then why would I ever go there? Well, I know that I was in Mark Emmerich, I think is the president of NCAA. At first he said that the schools will have to police this themselves. Like with, I guess that means in accordance with state laws, NCAA rules and whatnot. 
like that's ridiculous like this is the wild west you know like there's no one's gonna follow any laws and so we know how that works yeah Yeah. okay um again time flies so i know uh you got to get rolling i want to ask you a couple things three questions real quick um now with this nil rule um you know, people were pushing for Reggie Bush to get his Heisman back, and the league said, no, we're not going to give it back to him. Should they? Yes, 100%. Reggie Bush was the best player. He's one of the greatest college football players of all time, even though he stole a win from Notre Dame. Um, yeah, he deserves his Heisman back. And For the record, yeah. uh, that might have been the only time I went for Notre Dame. <laughs> was in that game on that fourth yeah. and one, whatever, where yeah. Bush, Bush, Bush yeah. liner through the uh, the end zone. I was 100% going for Notre Dame at that point. Uh, I'm just – I'm letting Michael Jordan off the hook. I'm giving Notre Dame love. Wow. What is the matter with this thing? You're out of here next time. I can't. I need, I, I need the hatred of Pep on the other side. Let's talk Jordan and then we'll argue again. Yeah. Um, okay, and the last one, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you two versions – of a sit, start, cut. Are you familiar with this? Yeah, I pick one to sit, start, and Correct. cut, right? All right, the first one. These are all Notre Dame. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go with Jerome Bettis, yeah. Golden Tate, and Reggie Brooks. You got to start one, got to sit one, you got to cut one. Does it matter that uh, Golden Tate's a receiver and the other two are running backs? Or? Not really. Okay. I'm going to start Jerome Bettis because he's the man. Um, I will sit Golden Tate. Love, absolutely love Golden Tate. He was a killer in Notre Dame in his time. And I'll, and I'll cut Reggie, even though he was, he was also awesome. I believe he did play with Jerome. So they had the, those two in the backfield at the same time. But, yeah, I got to cut somebody, unfortunately. All right. And I lied. I have three of them. Because I was like, okay. you, you mentioned that he was a receiver, which I knew, but I was like, why did I put him in this one? I'm like, oh, yeah, because I already got one that has all receivers already. Okay. Um, quarterbacks, Montana, Brady Quinn, Joe Theismann. <laughs> um, I'm going to start Joe Montana, clearly. Um, Brady Quinn is just too handsome to cut, so he's going <laughs> to sit. We're going to have him on the team. It's good for morale. And uh, Joe Theismann, were any of the quarterbacks good back then? Like, you know, they just backed straight up and threw the ball over the line. I don't – yeah, we can cut him. Okay, we got Joe Theismann on the line here. Joe, let's bring him in. <laughs> get all those uh, Catholic girls paying attention to Brady Quinn on the sidelines, right? You don't yeah. want him with the helmet right. on. You'd yeah, have no. the helmet off exactly. and whatever. I got exactly. you. All right, and the last uh, one, uh, receivers. Tim Brown, Chase Claypool. Or Rahib Ishmael. Oh my God! A rocket. This is a tough one. That's that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed this to be is tough. Really, really tough. I love Chase Claypool. Love him. Obviously, Canadian. He's a monster. He's gonna kill it in the NFL. But but you're cutting uh, him. But I don't know. Wait, the rocket, <laughs> the rocket is the rocket. The, the rocket the is the rocket. He's the greatest. He's one of the most electric players of all time. He's our Reggie Bush. He's got to start. Uh, it was Chase and then Tim Brown. Yeah. You know what? Again, I'm going to go with the modern day athletic athleticism of Chase. I'll sit him and I'm going to bench the Heisman Trophy winning Tim Brown. 
Uh, cut, sorry. Cut. cut to, You're going to cut, cut yeah. Tim Brown. Yeah, the Heisman Trophy winner's cut. You heard it here first. Rahi Bishmiel is the Notre Dame Percy Harvin. That's what you said, right? <laughs> 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 all right, Dave, that's uh, all the time we got for college football. We went above and beyond. I will definitely want to pick your brain again. Uh, yeah, it was fun sure. having you on. Uh, best of luck. Fantasy football comes up soon. Get your picks in. Get, yep. your, uh, get your get bids your bids in. I'm gonna start trying to scrape together some money to get some guys off of your roster there. Perfect. All right, Dave. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, that's enough Notre Dame at this point. Okay, so uh, for those who are tuned in now, I think. Given the fact that producer Mike is on vacation and Pep is playing softball and uh, we're doing an in-person show now for the first time, um, I got to say it was a little rocky to begin with. And the reason was something was the matter with Facebook. I'd put, I scheduled a, a live thing and then I kept getting this warning and I didn't know I must have clicked the wrong button. And at okay. one point I said, it's not even going live. So I had to re-click it. Anyway, oh, it's so been going live on the audio okay, okay, on the okay. Cap City Beats. It should be going on the Cap City Beats. Right. Uh, but the um, the Facebook one was a little bit off, and so I will take a lot of heat for that. I don't know if Pep and those guys were watching, and he was waiting to see what the heck was going on. Anyway, that being said, we are going to move on, and we're going to go with our headlines. Headlines with Brock and Pep. All right, headlines. The Olympic Games are hot and heavy right now. They're hot. into the swing of things. Very We've hot. already gotten through the flagship event, the 100-meter dash, happened a couple days ago. Um, Andre de Grasse, the Canadian, finished with a respectable bronze medal. All things considered, there was a couple false starts. Uh, he did not run nearly as well as he did in the qualifier, but uh, still was able to... Actually, he was dead last after about 20 yards yeah. no, and pulled it out. Mm-hmm. So uh, a big bronze medal there. I've been watching him, so I got up to watch those. Okay. We're, you know, we're talking Tokyo. Yeah. So I had to set my alarm a couple times. Those qualifiers, one was like 6.15, I think, mm-hmm. and the other one was... Uh, it was the finals. The semifinals, 6.15, then the final was at 8.30 like or something. Yeah, so I set my alarm... Got up, watched it. Are you watching any of these Olympics? What do these Olympics mean to you at this point? You know, it, of all the Olympics that I've watched in, in, in my life, this is the one I've watched the least of. Um, and I don't know. I, th- I think it's because of the, the normal feel with, like, the crowd, the competitors, um, you know, the other competitors cheering them on or, or just the fans cheering them on. It's been very different. Um, and, and also the, uh, the the time change, time difference hasn't uh, help too much but i mean even still when i when the fans would be there i would tune in it was different um you know watching an empty stadium or you know not even a quarter of the stadium full cheering it was it was it was it was different for me i mean um you know you're still proud of your athletes you still want to see you know the different countries that like you know you're cheering for uh you know um compete but uh it was different it was just that the whole covid thing i really felt it on top of the fact that it was uh you saw 2020 everywhere when it's 2021 year. That just gives me a weird feeling. I didn't even <laughs> yeah. notice that. Yeah, yeah. So it says t- it's Tokyo 2020. 
because they had to skip the. Uh, well, I the knew they had to year, skip yeah. a year, but I figured you could. No, they didn't change anything. It's all it's all twenty twenty everywhere. So I'm like, am I watching replay? I'm like, oh yeah, of course. That's you know what in twenty twenty four, we're gonna be like, was it four years already? I guess so. Yeah, and they're yeah. just probably gonna do it after three. Yeah. Um, but yes, I have been watching um uh, and just from beach volleyball to you know to soccer to basketball, a bit of everything really, and swimming. Uh, was watching women's beach volleyball uh, today, actually. Uh, it was a replay. And uh, the issue with the uniforms. Mm. So the Olympic Committee is trying to desexualize sports. Yes. You know, at least that's the message they're doing. But then at the same time, they'll fine a beach volleyball team, a women's beach volleyball team, for wearing, like, bicycle shorts instead of Covering the too much, traditional yeah. bikini bottoms. Yes. And I think they got fined fairly heavily, and Pink came out and said she was going to, uh, the artist Pink is going to pay their fines. But does the Olympics need to get rid of these mandatory uniforms? I mean, you know, like, yes, um, in a way. Like, here, here's, here's the thing. I, I feel that, like, all the old school rules that they have in place, I feel like they haven't been changed for years. And maybe some of those that have to be changed. Like, if they're comfortable playing in what they're playing in, let them play. If it doesn't violate anything, like if, again, I, I'm, I'm going back to the old rules of saying if it doesn't violate an old rule where it says, you know, you should have this amount of clothing, you know, up to here or the knee or whatever, um, they should be allowed. But some of those rules, I think, need to be uh, reviewed and, and possibly changed because then the focus is on not their play and their uniform at that point. I don't think there's anything... <clears throat> That would be performance enhancing, let's say, mm-hmm. given what you wear. Exactly. Right. If the beach volleyball player, the team goes out, and they're in the, the hot sun, sometimes they're outside, and they decide, I, you know what, I'm wearing track pants and a hoodie to play volleyball on the beach with. Mm-hmm. So what? If anything, it won't help them, but if that's what exactly. they want to wear... Then go ahead. Yeah. If they're at the caliber, the high Olympic caliber athlete yep. wearing that stuff, then who cares? It's not an advantage. Same with, you know, the, the sprinter, the U.S. sprinter who got uh, banned for smoking pot or having mm. pot in his system. That's not a performance enhancing drug. Who cares? It's legal in 90% of the world now, yep. if not more. So why is that an issue? Why is it an issue that, you know, the Olympic Committee wouldn't let the, um, um, the, the bigger swim caps for people who have more hair. So they wear two. Have you noticed that? They have to wear two. Two caps instead. Two small caps instead of the one big one. I How that. does that even work? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it, it's a matter of control, and um, I'm wondering why. Like, why do they need to control something like that? You know? And I think, I think it's just old rules. The Olympic Committee is likely a very old, <laughs> old group. It's not very nice of me to say. But, but I think some old rules are in place. And um, no one's no one's even thinking of, of revising these rules, and uh, the result is, is is the product that we get. Okay, so uniforms aside, <clears throat> another uh, one that I wanted to bring up from a headline standpoint. Well, okay, we've talked uh, DeGrasse. We talked him the hundred. The guy's going for the two hundred uh, tomorrow morning. He's Let's in the finals it. tomorrow morning, eight fifty a.m. Set your alarm. Uh, take a break from work, whatever you got to do, watch it tomorrow. He looks really good. He set a personal best in his uh, um, semifinal 
uh, run today. His previous was 19.9. Now he's 19.78. Like, he is looking very fast and motivated to get this done. Those Americans are going to be tough to beat, mind you, but the grass is looking really good. He holds his top speed crazy. I saw a thing today where it said DeGrasse's top speed is faster than McDavid's top speed on the ice. Which is ridiculous to think of. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely you know, ridiculous. It's nice. Now, I mean, I don't know, is that Connor McDavid in a, the all-star speed one? Mm-hmm. Is that just what he's been clocked at during a game where he could get lit up, so maybe he doesn't have that? He also... You know, when you're going that fast, you get to the other end of the ice pretty darn quick. So if it was just a straightaway. Anyway, yeah. regardless, it's True. still fairly impressive. So yeah. I saw that stat. Um, <clears throat> but he holds that for so long that, anyway, I'm, I'm pumped to watch it uh, tomorrow morning, which should be great. Uh, Penny um, Oleksiak, she's the most decorated Canadian Olympian now with seven medals. She's only yeah. 21. Uh, swimmer, swimmer, female yeah. swimmer, phenomenal. Um but there's another headline that I wanted to ask your opinion. Um, it was a transgender weightlifter who I believe started today. Now, I didn't see the results, uh, but if I can pull up um, their name real quick. Laurel Hubbard from New Zealand is a transgender weightlifter, okay. 43 years old right now, Okay, transitioned seven years ago. And competed as a male weightlifter 10 years ago. Okay. Is that fair? What's fair? Um, I haven't taken a place yet. I've been thinking more about the competition and, uh, you know, other competitors, that competitor. um, And is it fair for someone to be bigger, stronger for the majority of of their life and then come into a sport where they're bigger and stronger than everybody? Um, that was the side that I was looking at, but I wasn't looking at the personal side. Like, was this decision made to for them to compete, or was this person never comfortable in their own skin as one gender? Um, that's where I have to. Be, I think I w- we have to be careful uh, because yes, we're talking about sport and saying like you know, is it fair that this person competes and stuff? But we're not even taking consideration what this person deals with outside of the sport. Um, people that have accepted them or not accepted them, family members, things like th- of that nature. So it's a, and I know I'm, I'm being very uh, diplomatic about it, but it, it, for me, it's a really touchy subject. Um, do I think it's fair? Did he qualify? Yeah. Then at that point, then I guess it's, it's fair to say. Um, I'm just not sure where I, where I sit um, with the whole transgender in, in sports yet. And, w- and I don't know where it's going to go and how it's going to be decided either. Yeah, that was one way too politically correct of an answer. <laughs> um, I, I get it. Right. It's not fair. I'm going mm-hmm. I'm to I'm put it out there. It's not fair. And the reason it's not fair is you and I have both played sports and worked out Yep. In our lives. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me when the last time I worked out was, because that's not <laughs> sportsmanlike either. Last time we were on a team together. That's <laughs> but there is... So you can go and train when you're younger, you know, not train for a long time, and then say, I'm going to get back at it now as an older guy. Your strength comes back pretty quick. Yep. It's like your body, your muscles have muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Saying, you know what? Like, I'm, I've done this before. I've pushed 300 pounds. I've squatted whatever. Like, 
90% of a lift when you're at a, at a certain level is mental, <clears throat> is visualizing that weight moving up and down. This woman, who was a man 10 years ago, 43, at 33 was, was weightlifting as a man. Yep. There is the bone structure, the muscle density, the everything. 33 years, you're in the prime. A 33-year-old in the NFL, you're in your prime. For sure. That's like your peak athletic at that point. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, you know, you've done some um, gene therapy maybe. Um, you know, the testosterone levels, all kind of stuff can, can, can change and be adjusted over the seven years since you transitioned. 100%. Sure. Maybe they're at the levels that the uh, Olympic Committee... Uh, except <clears throat> fine when you start back weightlifting I, again i'm not a doctor but if nothing else mentally your brain is the same you've seen yourself lift a certain weight you've mm-hmm. seen yourself push to a certain degree that alone not even to add the physical side of things where i'm a firm believer to say look like You've established all that muscle stuff. Even if you lose it, your body and knows uh, your tendons, your bone density, all that kind of stuff was going to come back pretty quick, regardless, I think, of some of the gene therapy. The mental aspect of it and knowing that you should be able to do this and can do it and have done it, mm-hmm. I think that's a huge advantage. So I do believe that this is um, an area that is it's difficult to measure. This particular circumstance, I believe it's to be unfair. For sure. And, and, I, and I agree with, with everything that you said there. And then if we flip it and say that um, a man, or sorry, a woman has become a man to compete in the same sport. Now, there, won't, there might not be an issue. I mean, fair to say. Right. They might not win. Right. She's lifting the weights that, Sorry. He is lifting the weights that when he was a woman, that was the limitation, right? They're not going to win. Nobody's going to care because they don't get to the winner's circle at that point. So no one's going to pay attention to it. Right. Is that fair? You know, does that person get to compete? You know, like, so it's like, there's so many factors that I think. Having the right to compete. It's just like there's a sprinter did a 400 meter hurdle. Now in the Olympics, I find it extremely harsh. But if you jump, if you're if you're uh, a quick start and get flagged for it, they kick you out. Oh, you're done. There's yeah. no like, hey, strike one, strike two, whatever it is, no. you're out. <laughs> yes. It is the most heartbreaking thing to watch when somebody goes off like that. A girl went off on. It was raining out. It was like a 400 meter steeplechase, maybe or hurdles or something, and. I saw her race and I said, oh, they must have given her the okay. Well, accordingly after is that she had decided to race. Even though she was disqualified, she said, I still want to run. And they were like, okay, so you can still run, but it doesn't mean anything. You can participate in an event. Okay. In the scenario you're talking about, if you're going to go against women, uh, no, if you're going to be a woman to transition to a male and then participate in a male thing, traditionally... Men lift more than women. That's just nature for the most part. I'm saying, you know, there are a lot of men out there who don't lift as much as women and women who lift a lot, all that kind of stuff, yes. Mm -hmm. But traditionally, that's they're separated for a reason because the male body and the testosterone levels and stuff can create more muscle and and, um, lift more weights. But at that point, he's competing 
in an event that he's happy to be there. Let's just say. Right. In the other scenario, she's there taking a spot away from somebody off the podium, realistically. So it, it's, it's kind of like... Notre Dame going to the ACC. <laughs> Dave's not even listening, but I'm going to chirp him anyway. It's kind of like Notre Dame going to the ACC and getting in the playoffs. You know? So then if it's, if it's not fair, right, and he's not allowed to, right, and then we let – sorry. If, she's, if it's not fair and she's not allowed to compete, then he should not be able to compete as well. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though he's not going to be able to lift as much as the rest of the guys – he shouldn't be allowed to compete regardless of where he's going to finish compared to based on that, if it's unfair. Right. If you right. want to be fair, yeah. apples to apples, yeah. you can't compete there. You can't compete there. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. But. That's understandable. I think now moving forward, like there's going to be a lot of discussion and it's, it's, it's actually going to ruin a lot of things um, in terms of the discussion, the debate, the – um, you know, at what point did you start gene therapy? You know, is there a yeah. time limit? Say, well, if you started before you were 10, then you're okay. If it's after this, is there a separate category? Then we're getting into the segregation thing. Is it going to be, you know what I mean? Like I just, now we're getting into a bunch of stuff from a society standpoint mm -hmm. that I don't want to get into right now, but that kind of segregation from, you know, the sexes, the segregation we're getting in for friggin' bracelets, whether you're vaccinated or not, and what you're doing there. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of, they say history repeats itself. And it's almost like that's what's happening, but on a different level. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's it's a different topic for a different radio show. This is sports. Um, it's taking away from the sport? It is 100% taken away from the sport. That's exactly what's happening. And what's going to happen is... You know, we're going to go backwards. Mm -hmm. It's going to say, okay, if you're vaccinated, you can be here. If you're not vaccinated, you're over here. Uh, keep separated. Don't drink from this water fountain. Don't whatever, because now it's, you know what I mean? You're not the best because you didn't compete in the one where the best are. Right. right. Things like that. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, yeah, the vaccination is uh, giving you, um, you know, uh, your reaction to the vaccination is giving you a better muscle density <laughs> or you can run faster. Um there was something actually that had come up and there was a couple of people got vaccinated and they were doing well in something. And I thought, Oh, here we go. Oh. And I can't put my finger on it, but I remember thinking that at the time anyway, so that a little off topic, but you see where I'm going from the Olympics. Yep. Okay. Olympics done. We're going to get into, so we got about 10 minutes, maybe tops. Um, so for those who tuned in for the NFC North, We'll touch on a couple of things. I want to ask you about the Aaron Rodgers uh, mm -hmm. scenario. Uh, and then I want to find out what you think of Justin Fields. But before that, the NBA free agency has started. We're not going to go into too many details because, again, if I talk basketball without Pep, that's like me tuning in and watching him go off on college football with somebody <laughs> else, and I would lose it. Um, so uh, some big signings. You got some big wow. signings for us here. Wow. I mean – we got uh, the biggest one. Kyle Lowry is gone from the Raptors. Yeah, um, I said it. That's I don't have a crying emoji or anything like that. But Kyle Lowry leaving the Raptors uh, for Miami, nonetheless, yep. is fairly surprising. What are your thoughts on that? I I think um, I think this was basically Masai doing Kyle a favor and saying like, you know what, we're gonna, we're going to help you out and get you. You know, you've done a lot for us. You stayed with us. 
and uh, here's your reward. Because generally, you wouldn't want to let a guy go to um, you know a conference rival. Um, somebody as powerful as the Heat. The Heat were just, you know, a few wins away from, uh, you know, being NBA champion, right? Yeah. So um, I think that's what it was. I, th- I think the fact that he didn't leave, he wasn't sure. He didn't want to go to Philly, really, ultimately. And um, I just I just had a feeling he wasn't going to play in Toronto. There was no need for him to be there. They're going to use his value a little bit. And, um, and which they did because they got something back for, you know, Dragic is not a, he's not Kyle. But he's a decent player. Um, and, uh, you know, is, is he going to help? Maybe not. They might end up flipping him in, in, in uh, you know, a couple of years. Who knows? But um, he's someone that can definitely run, uh, you know, help run the team from where they're going right now anyway with, uh, with what they have. But uh, Miami is definitely, um, they're trying to make their, make their push. I think they're already ahead of the Bucks, to be honest, right now. Well, the Bucks are enjoying their championship so let's uh, we'll see what happens, but again, at this point, it's, uh, it's, it's teams still that early, are hungry. But yeah, Lakers. The Lakers have flipped their whole crew. The Lakers <laughs> are going through another one of those. Uh, you know what? Take them all out. We're mm-hmm. going to start again. We're going to keep LeBron. We're going to keep AD, and the rest of y'all can go. Everybody, even Caruso, he's gone too. I didn't think so, they'd ever like a <laughs> like of him, but the Lakers brought back Howard. Uh, Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Carmelo is new, so yeah, they brought they they right? they pulled him over from Portland. Um, yeah, who else did they got there? They got uh, Dwight Howard is back, his third stint in LA, which is kind of crazy. Um, they let go of Drummond. Drummond actually, uh, Philly and the Lakers, they flip flop their centers. Westbrook. Westbrook, yeah, yeah. That's the what do you one. think that dynamic's going to be with LeBron <laughs> and Westbrook? Is Westbrook just going to buy in now? Like, is LeBron? You know, does he have enough clout to, to for Westbrook to come in and, and know his role and not butt heads like he did with Harden and Durant and, and those kind of guys? It's interesting. Like, uh, you know, when Westbrook got to Washington, it seemed like Washington became his team, even though Beal was there for, for much longer. Florida Gator. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I should have expected that. But, uh, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I think he has to. You know, having played this long on on so many teams now with so many alpha guys, I think he really needs to possibly take a step back. Or they might do like uh, the Nets are doing in, um, in New Jersey and letting uh, letting Harden Brooklyn, be the yeah. be the sorry Brooklyn in the letting Harden be the point guard. Um, do I think Westbrook should be the man with the ball? No, um, I don't want to say his stats are inflated. Those it's not easy to get a triple double. It's not easy to get a point. But um, the situations that he was in, it was a lot easier. Um, and I think this will be a lot different. I don't think people should expect the triple-double magic that he was getting um, on his previous teams just because of just the ball dominance that LeBron is going to have, um, that Melo is going to have. LaMelo is going to get his shots too, let's be honest. Um, and then still, they're still going to dump the ball to AD a lot too. So it's interesting. I- I'm really curious how this is going to go, if he's going to be like more of a, a first-unit guy or if he's going to be the one driving driving the second team um, while, you know, a LeBron or an AD is on the bench. I think LeBron's making his team somebody he likes to watch, and then he'll, like, sit for 70 games and just be fresh for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just, hey, me and AD are going to be over here with our popcorn watching Space Jam reruns. (laughs) You guys should be able to win 60 games this season. We'll come in for a few, and then we'll make a push in the playoffs. But we're going to be healthy. We're going to make sure that we're, 
um, we're there for the long run. Now, you know, you talk about the amount of guys that the Lakers have, and there's a lot of star power. Now, mm-hmm. you know, these are not the prime athletes right. that they were once were, but um, is that going to help in terms of a ball sharing aspect? Is to say, you know what, these guys are older. Uh, they're here for a reason, and it's to buy into this system and to win a championship is what they want to do. So if they let their egos get in the way or they're trying to be uh, the man and go in there and butt heads with people, it's just not going to work. So mm-hmm. do you think it's it's going to be an issue with, with ball distribution, or do you think they're going to get along fine and just kind of know their role? I think people are expecting it to blow up, but I think it's going to be similar to – Brooklyn and what they're doing um, with all those guys. Look, they're bringing back, bringing back Blake, BBB. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, those guys are buying in. Even even Harden. Harden going there with Kyrie and, and um, you Durant. Know, Durant already there. I think that uh, at, at this point, late in your career, you want that title. You buy in. You do your job. And that's it. And, um, and I think the Lakers are definitely um, looking at doing that with who, uh, who they brought back. Should be interesting. Uh, Kawhi is re-signed with the Clippers. Did right? he re-sign? He, he turned down his option, which is normally means he turned that, down that his option. But I think money. they had they had offered him, so he turned down like thirty four. I think they offered him four one seventy six or something like that. Okay. Um, there was a rumor that he was going to the Warriors, uh, who had offered him four one forty four. I think that one was uh, turned down. I think he ended up back with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, DeMar DeRozan at one point was in a Laker uniform where that was the, was looking like everything was, was going happen, there. Yeah. And now he ended up in, uh, Chicago. Chicago, no history in Chicago. Like there's just <laughs> nothing there to play for. I don't know why he goes to Chicago, but anyway, um, you were a Bulls fan, right? <laughs> yes. What's that? So what are your thoughts on DeMar going to Chicago? Uh, it's interesting what Chicago's doing. Um, who else did they pick up too? They picked up somebody else too. They let go of one of the young guys. Trust your phone here. No, they're they um, Chicago. I mean, I haven't been too happy with the front office in the past few years. They're my uh, they were my number one team in the nineties because of somebody special. Yeah, Charles uh, Barkley. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, like they're my secondary team compared to the Raptors uh, to the Raptors right now. But um, I mean, Vujicic. And um, God bless you. Yeah, I know, right? Thank you. <laughs> no, they should be okay. They got a, a good young core. Levine is 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 going to be all right if he stays. Um, I'm wondering how that's going to work with him and DeRozan there now. Um, and Lonzo Ball, they picked up Lonzo Ball. Oh yeah, I did see that. So with White and Ball in the point guards, um, I'm not sure if they're looking to kind of pair them together or if they're looking to possibly flip another one. Because I mean, this is still early. This is only the first couple of days of uh, of all these big. Um, these big moves in the NBA. So there could be a lot more on the horizon. Well, it'll be interesting. And I'm sure we will uh, get you back on for the NBA talk when Pep gets back. Um, For those who are tuning in on Facebook, again, this did not start off great from a Facebook standpoint because I don't know, it didn't go live on that system. We got in a bit late. Uh, Anyway, it'll be replayed. All the front stuff that you missed will be on the podcast. So make sure you check that out. Uh, we did say we were going to talk real quick about the NFC North, so I'm going to ask you really quickly. One, Justin Fields, boomer bust this year. Ooh. <clears throat> He's not going to play till week three, so I say boom. Boom. You heard it here. I'll give you a ding because I think that's probably right. Yep. 
Aaron Rodgers, boom or bust this year? Oh, boom. As much as I hate it, boom, boom, boom. You can give it another one if you want. Boom. And the last one is what is the order of the NFC North come end of the year? You know, oh, man. <laughs> well, if Justin goes boom, then, uh, then they're going to compete for that spot. So I want to say Chicago <laughs> number one. Why not? Why not? Chicago number one, Packers number two. Um, I'm not too impressed with uh, with Detroit right now. So, And I know someone's going to hate me, <clears throat> Alex. But uh, it would probably be Detroit and then uh, Minnesota. So you have Detroit finishing above Minnesota. It's possible. I got Dalvin Cook, and I'm paying a lot of money for him in my fantasy thing. So <laughs> <laughs> he, better, he better come through. Um, all right. Hey, on that note, we're at 8 o'clock. I appreciate you coming into the uh, the oh, studio. We're going to figure you, out uh, a better setup. And now that uh, things are opening up a little bit, we're going to do these in a restaurant at some point soon. Okay. For those who tune in just to see Pierre's face, he's going to be back next week. We're going to start to uh, be a bit more structured with our shows. So, again, we're going to break down what we're talking about at the beginning of the show. And then I think we're going to start doing little banners at the bottom of the screen of the topics we're talking about currently. So you guys know when you tune in. If you tune in sort of off and on, then you'll be able to see what we're talking about. Again, we're trying to make some improvements little by little. Uh, we're also looking for a yearly sponsor. If anybody's looking for uh, to sponsor the show, uh, reach out to Pepper myself. We're looking for one that we can do consistently for the year. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll work something out. But just kind of cover some of the, the basic costs that we have for um, for doing this um, uh, this show, you know, we're, we're, we're not doing it for the money by any means. So as long as we keep it up and running, we're, we're good. You, I'll still pay you for being Thank here. You. That's all right. Thanks. Uh, you got any last words, any shout outs or anything that you want to say? No, no shout outs. Just go Canada, uh, soccer, women's let's go for that gold. That's th- uh, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. 10 and, PM. Um, and the grass as well. Let's do it. The grass tomorrow morning, set your alarms, mm-hmm. eight 50, we're going to go out to uh, a, a guy that I really like now that I really didn't listen to before, Chance the Rapper, after watching yeah. Rhythm and Flow on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's a reality show, and they're trying to find like the next hip-hop artist. And I it's, have not. It's Chance the Raptor, Raptor, Chance the Rapper, uh, T.I., and Cardi B, and they go around to all their cities, and they uh, okay. get people to audition, and they put through the process. And by the time it's done, the four finalists and the show that they put on mm. – is actually really good. Like I've really? downloaded a couple of the guys that had got to the finals and what their songs were and stuff. Anyway, it was really good, but I really enjoy this. Uh, this gentleman, this is a song that uh, that came on quite a bit. Anyway, Chance the Rapper. Good night, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Good Shout night. out again to my uh, my daughter Savina and my dad on your birthdays yesterday. Can't wait to see you guys next week. Pep will be back.
Bitch, I know you tried to cheat, you should've never took a nap. Fuck with you, what you were thinking? Fuck, you thought it was. You taught that talk that make a lame man nigga fall in love. Not me though, bitch, you can keep those. Bro, I'm at your head like Craig did Don't tweak, bro. It's never sweet, out. My shooters come for free, so if one more label try to stop me, it's gonna be some dreadhead niggas in your lobby. Huh, huh, you don't want no problem, want no problem with me. You do, you don't want no problem, want no problem with me. Yup, yup. Pull up in a new thing with my girl, want no problem, want no problem with me. You don't want no problem, want no problem with me. You don't want no problem, want no problem with me. Tobacco. Where the hell you get them from? You just say he made them. My nigga chasing bounty hunters and getting chased by the baby mothers. My first tap on my stomach. Got a pocket full of money and a mind full of ideas. Some of the shit may sound weird. Inside of the Maybach look like it came out of IKEA. Run shit like diarrhea. Big y'all no positive. I I cap. I'm high capping. I'm so high. Me and God dappin'. This my blessing. This my passion. School of hard knocks. I took night classes. You don't want no problem, want no problem with me. Choked up and I think of old stuff. Move on, put my goons on, they kidnap newborns. In the streets, my face a coupon, her pussy too warm. All these bitches come to do harm, just bought a new charm. Fuck a watch, I buy a new arm, you lukewarm. I'm over loop with the hoes. Pretty bitches, cinder foes, tippy toes around my crib in they robes, just they robes. Half a million is safe, another in the pillowcase. Coding got me moving slower than a caterpillar race. Fuck wrong with you, what you were thinking, what you thought it was. I just pop out Percocets and only caught a buzz And if that label try to stop me They gon' be some crazy Weezy fans waiting in the lobby No like that You don't want no problem, want no problem with me